Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Happy Friday, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. So I have a funny story of something that I did today. I uh, was trying to make myself a cup of coffee, as I usually do before I record an episode. And it was a little bit cold because I, of course, left it sitting there for too long. And uh, I decided to put it in the microwave. So I was like, okay, I'll just heat it up for 30 seconds. So Three minutes later, I realized that my coffee is still in the microwave, still being heated by the microwave because instead of hitting 30 seconds, I hit three minutes. So my coffee boiled over all over into the microwave and uh, the coffee cup was so hot. I I couldn't even touch it with a with like a dishcloth. It was so hot. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that uh, I did something that ridiculous. But yeah, that was uh, my day this morning, and it's always a good day to start out with something like that happening. (laughs) Uh, It's frustrating. But anyway, I have another cup of coffee here, and my microwave is all clean, so I'm ready to get started on this podcast episode. So we are going to be talking about Exodus chapter 26 today, verses 1 through 25. And uh, grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. And as I always do, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of my Bible. But please feel free to read out of a version you're comfortable reading out of, whatever that might be. The only reason I read out the W.E.B. version, as much as I like it, it is in the public domain. I know it's not my favorite version out there. I personally love the NLT or the AMP versions of the Bible. But the W.E.B. is great for... um, you know, for anything that you want to do with it, really, like you can use it in an, in its entirety over where, whatever you want. Like I can speak the entire Bible into this microphone and publish it for all of you. And they don't care as long as I mention that it's the W.E.B. version. And as long as I don't take it out of context or change words up or anything like that, I can pretty much use W.E.B. however I want, really, which is so cool. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, let's go ahead and read this in our Bibles. But actually, you know what? I am not going to read this today. Typically, I do read it, but because it's such a long portion, I'm actually not going to read it, but I'm just going to summarize it today. And I actually did that with uh, the podcast episode on Wednesday with my sister. So forgive me for doing that. I typically try to shy away from not reading the Bible, especially if we're talking about the Bible. But uh, because it's such a long bunch of verses, it's just a little bit too long. That's... You'll, you'll understand in a second, but I would love for you guys to read it yourselves if you have your Bible in front of you or to go back tonight and read it um, in your spare time because I think it's important to actually dig into the actual Bible and not just take my word for it, but to read it yourselves. So once again, this will be Exodus chapter 26 verses 1 through 25. So anyway, let's go ahead and talk about this. So we learned with my sister that now God wants the people to make him a temple or a place that he can live with them. And he talks about the Ark of the Covenant, which is what I talked about um, with my sister on Wednesday. 
We talked all about the ark and about the mercy seat, which is basically the lid of the ark. And the mercy seat was where God's presence was going to live pretty much. He was going to sit on top of that ark. And so uh, it's kind of interesting how many different forms God's presence takes on. We've seen his form in the fire. We've seen it in the um, clouds. And now we're seeing it almost as like a little ball of energy, in my opinion anyway. It sounds to me like it was a little ball of energy kind of sitting on top of the mercy seat of the ark. So we see God's presence so far taking in so many different forms. So he wanted to sit on top of this ark or this mercy seat. And I told you guys that I call it the mercy seat because God is merciful and he's sitting there. (laughs) He's sitting there in mercy. But anyway, so we talked all about the Ark of the Covenant and that was supposed to be in the most holy place, though we're not going to talk about that just yet. We'll actually discuss that with um, Casey Freeman on Monday. So actually join in on Monday and uh, our new youth intern at my church is going to be joining us on a podcast episode and I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff with him as well. But anyway, so going back to everything we were talking about on Wednesday. You know, we learned about the Ark of the Covenant and then we learned about the lampstand that God wanted the people to build and then also a table, which is where the priests were supposed to eat basically with God. You know, they're supposed to fellowship with God and that table there would always have the showbread on it and then the priests once a month would eat the bread and then make new bread. So it says at this point now in verse um, one of chapter 26, which is what we're discussing today, It says uh, it's talking about the actual temple itself now. So God already discussed the furniture, but now he's telling Moses how he wants the temple itself to be built, basically the structure. So he says here that the temple is supposed to be built out of this fine linen, and it's supposed to have several curtains uh, covering this tent. It says it's supposed to have, let's see here, uh, 10 curtains of fine twined linen, of blue and of purple and of scarlet. And then it's supposed to have these decorative elements of cherubim, which are like angels, all over this uh, beautiful thing. Now, this, of course, was supposed to be the innermost layer of the tabernacle or the temple, I should say. This was the inside of it. So this this first curtain, there, there was actually five curtains on this temple. The first curtain on the inside of it was supposed to be this gorgeous curtain of blue and purple and scarlet made of this nice fine linen, you know, with skilled craftsmen embroidering, I would guess, these um, beautiful cherubim on it. And so it says that you're supposed to get a skillful workman. And then the length of each curtain should be 28 cubits with the width of each curtain four cubits. And all the curtains shall have one measure is what it says in verse two. So a cubit is a length of measurement that was used back in biblical times that is about one and a half feet in length. So it'd be about the span of a man's elbow to the tip of his middle finger, if that makes sense. So that's what a cubit was supposed to be. And it translates to about one and a half feet. For those of you who use the metric system, I didn't look it up what it means in the metric system, so sorry about that. But um, overall, this temple would be about 45 feet long, or actually, and I did look it up in the metric system, or 15 meters long is about how big this uh, this entire tabernacle was supposed to be. So it's actually not that big. Oh, and then the width of it was about 15 feet wide or four and a half meters 
in width. So like I said, not a really big tabernacle or temple. And I think it's interesting that God chose such a small tabernacle to live in. It was a tiny little thing because these people were travelers. You know, his people were were traveling all over the place. So he wasn't building something for them that was so horrible to disassemble all the time and reassemble or something crazy big. You know, this was a tiny little thing that he was asking his people to build. I mean, this is kind of a small structure. This is not anything huge. So in other words, God was not being very high maintenance (laughs) when he asked for the structure to be built. Yes, it was supposed to be built with beautiful elements and with skilled craftsmen, but it was not a high maintenance structure. It was not so terrible that people couldn't take it down and then move it and then uh, relocate it and put it back up. Because if you see here, everything that is supposed to be done to this tabernacle is actually very, very easy to move and to take apart. It actually says here in a verse three, it talks more about these curtains. So the first curtain, of course, was supposed to be that beautiful blue and purple and pink and uh, not pink, but scarlet uh fine linen curtain that was the inside of the tabernacle with the cherubim and everything and it was supposed to be only looped together rather than sewn together and it was supposed to be five curtains thick so this was a thick old curtain but instead of God having them sew it together and make it difficult to sew you know very hard to move around you know because if that was sewn together it would be very hard to get that entire thing out and fold it up a certain way. Rather, he's doing it manageably. So he's, you know, each curtain was only supposed to be, uh, let's see what it says here, um, five curtains coupled together, one into another. Uh, and then it says that each of the curtains was about four cubits in width and then 11 cubits high, or I'm sorry, 10 cubits high. So, I mean, this, these weren't huge curtains that um, were unmanageable. Rather, they were supposed to be looped together. So what that means is each of the edges of the curtain would have this like um, piping, I think it sounds like. I'm not a sewer, so I'm, I'm really, really bad at terms like that, but I think it was piping. But the piping would have like these loops in it, and it was supposed to be with like this blue, this bright blue thread that was like looping, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm, I'm making any sense. But in those loops, each one would have a gold clasp. So the gold clasps were supposed to hold the curtains together and then also attach them to the other curtains. So these thick old curtains uh, weren't supposed to be sewn together, but were supposed to be uh, kind of looped together and being held in place by these golden clasps. So they weren't sewn together, if that makes sense. Then of course they would be covering the tabernacle. Then after this, on top of that curtain, that beautiful curtain, it would be Uh, another curtain which was made out of goat's hair. Now goat's hair back then was actually a very common material that people would use to make tents out of because it was thick, it was uh, sturdy, and in fact I was reading something about goat's hair and they actually say that it's similar to our modern day felt. You know felt is that stuff that you go and buy at basically every craft store for every child ever. (laughs) I remember my mom just having like really random scrap pieces of felt. I don't know what the point of felt is, but uh, it seems like every parent has some felt somewhere (laughs) or every teacher has felt. But anyway, it's like our, it's similar to our modern day felt. And it was like a thick material that was really good for making tents out of, and it was sturdy. So God says to make this 
curtain longer and wider than the beautiful curtain and it was supposed to lay on top of the beautiful curtain and this curtain the goat's hair curtain was supposed to be five layers thick now instead of being looped together by golden loops it was supposed to be looped together by bronze loops and it was supposed to sit on top and in fact actually drape over the back of the um the back of the tabernacle and kind of go onto the floor a little bit. So it's supposed to be so big that it actually covered and not only covered it, but completely, uh, you know, covered it so much that it was hanging on the floor, if that makes sense. So that is how big this one was supposed to be. And it was supposed to cover that. Now on top of this goat's hair curtain was supposed to be uh, a bunch of these animal skins. So it's supposed to be some of these beautiful ram skins that were dyed red. Now this would be a leather that was kind of common back then, but it was not exactly that common. It was more for, um, from my understanding of it and what I researched about it, it was more luxurious than some of the other leathers out there. And then on top of this, it would be dyed red. So it was a leather that would be dyed red. And now this was supposed to lay on top of the goat's hair, And then on top of that was supposed to be another kind of leather, which was a sea cow hide. (laughs) So we talked about the sea cow and fun fact, they're actually not sure what this means. They're not sure if that means a sea cow or if it means a porpoise, which by the way, I am just realizing now that I mixed up the word porpoise and tortoise. (laughs) Last time I talked about this, a porpoise I think is a dolphin, right? It's not a turtle. So I'm sorry for that one. If you caught my mistake, uh, please forgive me for that one. And I'm pretty sure I said that on, uh, was it Wednesday? I don't know. No, I think it was Monday. I talked about the porpoise being the turtle. But no, a porpoise, I think it's like a dolphin. But okay, so they're not quite sure what this means. Some translations even translate this as badger skin or, you know, leather or something like that. So some people think that it was like a sea creature you know, a leather made out of that or, um, but it doesn't really matter. It was probably some sort of creature that was in that area. And, um, you know, it was another leather that was supposed to go on top of the ram skin leather. So now this temple or this tabernacle, I should say, is four layers of material thick and they're all completely different materials. But the cool thing about this is what God says about it in verse 6. He says, the tabernacle shall be one unit. And then once again in verse 11, he talks about the tent that it may be one. So he wants all these materials, even though they're completely different, to come together as one tabernacle or as one tent. Many people believe this is the foreshadowing of the new covenant. Or even, you know, the old covenant where God says that Gentiles should be a part of the law and should follow it and how the Israelite people were supposed to be blessing the nations with the law. So people think it's a foreshadowing of that. You know how nowadays we live under the new covenant which is Jesus died on the cross for us. And uh, that is considered the new covenant. That is what we live under, which is the covenant of grace. We have grace. We don't have to follow the law perfectly in order to get into heaven. We have grace. Under the new covenant, everyone can come to God. You know, we don't have to do the sacrifices anymore. Every single person can come to God. And, you know, the Bible talks about all people, no matter what race you are coming together as a body quote-unquote body of believers so one unit 
So people think that this right here is God talking about how he wants all people to come to him through this tabernacle. You know, even though sea cow hide and goat's hair and uh, linen is are all completely different materials from completely different sources. They're all making this temple together. So that's what people believe that God means here when he says that he wants all these different materials to come together as one tabernacle, you know, and uh, same with, you know, the people of the world. He wants them all to come together as his people, his adopted children, even though they may all be different. They're all still beautiful. They're all making up one beautiful temple or tabernacle or church, as we call it nowadays. So after this, it says that the um, tent of this tabernacle was supposed to have a frame because obviously if there's no frame to a tabernacle or to a tent, all that material will just blow away in the wind. So it needs to have a frame. So he talks about making practically these pillars out of acacia wood overlaid with gold. So these would be very beautiful and this would make up the frame of this tabernacle. Now on the long sides, which would be the north and south sides of this temple, the long sides would be 20 of these pillars long. And then the west side, which is uh, the back side of this tabernacle, would be eight pillars wide. And these pillars would all be joined together by these acacia wood poles. And these acacia wood poles would uh, be looped into each individual board. So the boards would have these loops on them, these golden loops, and then they would be joined together by this acacia wood pole. Now, I believe they would also be joined together. I'm not quite sure exactly how, but it says that there's supposed to be tenons on each of the boards. Now, a tenon, I had to look this up. <laughs> <laughs> is actually like a slot. You know how you get those like craft projects where um, it's like a wooden craft project and like it's already slotted for you. So like the, the wood has like a um, portion of it that like slots into another piece of wood. That is a tenon. I had to look that up. I wasn't sure what the heck that meant. So um, anyway, it says that uh, there should be two tenons in each board joined to one another. So somehow they're also joined together by these tenons, but I'm not exactly sure how. Now don't forget, these were like pillars. They were standing upright. They were making the frame of this tabernacle. Now the top of it wouldn't have a roof. It wouldn't have a roof. It was almost like a frame that was only covering the sides and back. The front would be open. Probably the coverings would be draped over top the opening. And then the top would not have a top. It would just be um, the curtains maybe drooping inwardly, but uh, that's how this tabernacle was supposed to look. It was supposed to be for easy carrying. And even the golden pillars that were making up this frame of this temple probably would be easier to carry because of the loops. Um, they had the poles. So everything God was doing here, he was also thinking about the people and what they were able to manage. We often think that God is so high maintenance, but this wasn't high maintenance at all. If you think about it, this is God. He could have uh, commanded anybody to do anything and to make him this grand structure that was difficult to move. But no, he was thinking about his people when he was making all this. I mean, he's living in a tent. I mean, think about that. That's not very grand. And, uh, you know, we don't think of tent living as grand living. But he was living in a tent. He was making this tent 
easy to disassemble and to reassemble, and he was making it manageable for his people. So, you know, God is not cruel. He's not mean. He doesn't only think of himself. He's always thinking about other people and what people really can manage. And I think that's a really good thing we can take away from this today. Is that, you know, even though this was supposed to be made skillfully and it was supposed to be made out of the best materials that they had at the time, it wasn't unmanageable. And God always says that, you know, his burden is very light. I think the moral of this is just do the best with what you have because you know the Israelite people they had all this stuff don't forget that they were very very rich people because <laughs> they had all this stuff from Egypt on top of this you know God didn't demand anybody to give these gifts to him you remember that episode but also God was making this easy for his people to follow this wasn't so difficult that it was so hard to follow. I mean, first and foremost, God gave Moses a vision of it and a picture, possibly even a model of it so that Moses could see it. And then he was giving them easy instructions so that they could follow it to a T. And we find out later on that his people did in fact follow it. The people were able to follow this. So I think that's important for us to recognize is that, you know, God is very loving. He's very caring and he cares about you and me. He wants us to do stuff to the best of our ability, but you know, he's not going to give us uh, unmanageable expectations. So friends and faithful listeners, this was Exodus chapter 26 verses 1 through 25. And please go back and read this on your own if you did not have your Bible in front of you um, or if you were commuting to work or you're at work and you're listening to this. Uh, take a look at this later on and read it for yourself and make sure that I am accurate because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody told me about that porpoise skin thing. <laughs> I had to figure that one out on my own. So you guys have to correct me on certain things. But anyway, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Happy listening and God bless.